Hello and welcome to The Stack. I promise you it will be a fantastic show. We welcome into the studio Hert Yonkers from a reinvented Fantastic Man, plus a cool bookstore in Prague and our very own Entrepreneur's Magazine. Enjoy the show. From Midori House in London, this is The Stack, 30 minutes of print industry analysis, and I am Fernando Augusto Pacheco. And now, always a pleasure to welcome to our studio Hert Yonkers, one of the editors of Fantastic Man, the iconic menswear title, who just reinvented itself for their brand new issue featuring the incredible Giorgio Armani on the cover. With a new font and looking great, it's certainly a new face for the title. Hert tells me all about it. We're using a typeface called the Diplomat. That a uh, love the name. <laughs> well, yeah, um, very chic. That this amazing typeface designer was working on, and Yop was in, my colleague Yop van Benekom was in contact with him, and uh, said like, oh, you know, can we use it? Because the, the type, I mean, typefaces take ages or years to develop, and this is almost developed. But I think he's still tweaking it, and he might still be tweaking it in the next one or two years. But we we're already using it, and it's. It's beautiful. It's a, it's a serif typeface. It has a funny sort of old feeling, but also a very new feeling. It's great to read. You know, it's sort of like it's a very gentle and funny typeface. I think the paper is delicious as well. It's quite slim, quite elegant. I don't know. There is. Uh... Yeah. No. It was great to just be able to sort of like think. Okay. You know, what exactly? What are all the elements of Fantastic Man that we love, and what are all the elements that we feel? Oh, let's do something else. You know, I think the great thing about the magazine is that we're our own boss. Nobody tells us to come out on a certain date or nobody tells us what paper to use because we can tell ourselves what to use. So the format of the magazine is a little bit smaller than what it was. And it just feels, it feels, you know, I mean, we're very happy with it. And we need to talk about the cover. You know, it's Giorgio Armani. I mean, yeah, we waited 90, what is it, 89 years before we I mean, could have him on the cover. He's quite... What I find unique about him, I mean, he still has got his own brand. He hasn't been bought by anyone. I mean, that's quite remarkable in, in the fashion scene we see these days, right? I mean, he's amazing and mm. he's always been. But the last couple of years, I'm, I'm particularly fascinated by Giorgio Armani because he's very singular. But he's also, you sometimes forget how extravagant he is or how eccentric he is. Mm -hmm. And that was great working on the story. Alistair McLellan photographed him for us in the summer. And we were, did the story and we interviewed him and we wrote about him. Already for the last couple of seasons, looking at his shows, it's very eccentric. And we sometimes forget that because, you know, it's such a household name that you almost forget how specific it is. And it's just like everything looks normal but isn't normal and that's what i'm i find very interesting about armani maybe he's also you think he's a normal man but of course he's not normal at all i mean look what he's done it's sort of like it's pretty out of this world yeah it's just fascinating we were looking at things we we're looking at videos of him and then i realized I've, i've rarely heard him talk you don't really see him on you know like like we used to see Karl Lagerfeld on every other talk show that you would switch on uh, in the middle of the night on a, on German TV or something or French TV but Armani I don't know I mean I he's 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 a quiet legend exactly 
And you know what? And I like magazines with quiet legends on the cover. I love to know about the new actors, new singers. But I think, I don't know. When it's a legend, it's a legend. And the cover is amazing. Who is the photographer, actually? Alison McLellan shot it. You know, he's the best men's photographer in the world, maybe at this moment. But yeah. But Herr, tell us about, in terms of the content, of course, it's still Fantastic Man. I mean, it's not that you've, you know, suddenly changed everything. But what else do you think you've changed in this new iteration of the magazine? We still try to stay very close to ourselves. Mm -hmm. So that hasn't changed. I think, well, for the last couple of years, we very much worked with themes, uh, which was very interesting. Weirdly, we came up with the idea of themes before the pandemic. And then the pandemic happened and, and work all became very different. And the idea of themes worked very well. Somehow to sort of, you know, we couldn't see each other. We just had to do everything over the dreaded Zoom. But the sort of the themes almost kept things together in a way that we couldn't see each other. But now we've sort of like got rid of the themes again because we really feel like, well, the magazine is actually the magazine. And there are people in it that are just remarkable and exciting and then do quietly exciting things. You know, the first story in the issue is about this French man called Joseph Chiano di Lombo, who is a amazing composer and a musician, but he also wrote a novel and he's sometimes a model and he is an amazing illustrator. And nobody maybe know. I mean, you know, some people know him, but he is not super well known, yet he's so fascinating and remarkable. And again, maybe in a way, he's his own sort of quiet hero that we, you know, we were just very interested in. And what I'm interested as well in the new issue is about men's fashion. I mean, I've been following some men's magazines and I think there's been a striking change in the way they cover fashion, you know. You know, sometimes it's, it's fairly young. It went from the James Bond types to kind of fairly young. But I think when the good thing about Fantastic Man, you guys were doing the kind of younger, cool fashion before, but also also the traditional. I think you, you do a lovely mix and you care about the pieces, you know. There was oh, this, we love clothes. Yeah, you, I, that that's transpires. In, you know, in we, 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 we almost don't like fashion, but we yes. love clothes. No, there's a, there's a great story that Jodie Barnes styled with Clément Chabernot, the mm -hmm. model that has been many times in Fantastic Man, actually. So he almost feels like a friend of the family, or maybe he is. It's with bombers, but it's been sort of like he wears it with a shirt and tie, and maybe with a with a, a light pair of jeans. To me, they're super inspiring looks and super inspiring stories. Well, as you 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 remember back in the day when you interned with us in Amsterdam, mm -hmm. which I it's a time that I fondly remember. Me too. It's just a sort of you know there's this this passion for clothes. I mean, I I think when we were all in the same office, we maybe all started to look a little bit like each other, mm -hmm. or we sort of started to look at. You know, you were wearing Timberlands, I would be wearing Timberlands <laughs> yes. or sort of, it's sort of one upping each other a Some little Levi's bit. Some Levi's jeans, I remember Exactly, those. Yeah. exactly. No, that's still, those still sort of remain the cornerstones that we keep going back to and uh, that we keep uh, sort of like loving more and more. Well, besides, of course, the magazine, which is incredibly exciting, you've been busy. I mean, first of all, I love the newsletters. Uh, Thank I you. Read, I love your recommendations. Thank you. Yeah, people should uh, subscribe to the newsletter. I, I mean, many people do, but more people can, the Fantastic Man newsletter. So go on the website and click on 
that and leave your email address behind. It's fun to write them. I think it's super fun. What about Bot Magazine? I mean, I know it's been over a year, perhaps, that the kind of the new Bot came two out. Two years. Two years. Almost two years. I mean, it's been a success. I mean, I Very think people much. love it. Yeah, no, we, again, that was something that we took a break with. And for about 10 years, well, more than 10 years, we didn't make any print issues with Bot. And it just sort of felt right. When we when we stopped publishing the magazine, it was also we felt a little bit there was um people were afraid to open up and sort of tell us their stories. There was a I think I sometimes said that people wouldn't say things because they were afraid they were gonna end up on the internet or on Twitter or something. And that sort of like held us back a little bit in sort of the joy of making the magazine. Because if you feel that people become very guarded, that's like the opposite of what Butt is. Mm. And that completely changed. I mean, it was funny. Just we felt like, you know, there was a new conversation happening and people were talking about other things and people felt free to talk about their sexuality or their love life or their or their personal life. Maybe that's, that's what ultimately what the magazine is about. And so last year we relaunched the magazine. It was around the time when we were actually in conversation with Bottega Veneta, who also said to us, like, oh, you know, we fondly remember that magazine and would you ever consider doing one? And we said, like, well, that's funny because we were thinking the exact same thing. And so we brought it back. We've made four issues since. I mean, we've never made so many in such a short time, I think, just because we're excited to share these stories of people. And interesting how fashion brands are literally investing in print. Uh, you see, Bottega is an excellent example of that, but I see others as well. Hermes, they have their own magazine. It's really fantastic. Yeah, Valentino uh, yeah. sort of has been printing books and reprinting mm. books. No, I, uh, well, I mean, I, I think, you know, you and I, love print mm. but we're luckily not the only ones i mean print is just so important you know even i was talking uh, last night with somebody about like you know when do you see somebody reading a newspaper on the train never because everybody's reading on their phone and i read the newspaper on my phone but the sort of the feeling of paper of a, of a big newspaper you know the saturday newspapers i still buy on paper and a magazine it's just you know it's not going to go away thank you very much hat and the new issue of Fantastic Man is out now. Also this week, I caught up with Monaco's editor, Josh Fannett, who told me more about the new issue of our annual title, The Entrepreneurs, and what to expect from Monaco before Christmas. So the entrepreneurs, as listeners and regular readers of Monaco magazine, should be aware by now, is an annual publication. It's all about business. And it's partly for people who maybe they do enjoy their jobs, but they occasionally find themselves looking out of the window in a moment of reverie, wondering what it might be like if they started their own company, if they took a plunge and did something completely different. So the starting point for the entrepreneurs was always that monocle readers were scanning the horizon for opportunities. I think this is issue seven now of The Entrepreneurs. So over time, we've done books. It's a big constituent part of the monthly magazine. And people have flocked to the products that we've done that kind of nudge you in the direction and give you a bit of advice, a bit of wise counsel maybe, and crucially some benchmarks about doing business. And as you say, it may be the seventh issue of The Entrepreneurs, but it's the very first, which is a nation special. And we've done special editions of the magazine about Germany. We've done special editions about Japan and about France. This one's completely different because we've looked at the Gulf, which is a region that we don't 
always talk about in the magazine, which many readers from the area have said we've overlooked, which many businesses from the area kind of felt a bit unrepresented in. And so there's a special in this issue with 150 pages all about the UAE. Now, you only need to look at the headlines to know that the Middle East is a super complicated place. Mm. But I suppose while our journalism across the news shows and across the front part of the monthly magazine will delve into politics, will delve into urbanism, will look for those kind of solutions, this is purely about business and about what we thought was a really, really interesting moment in the UAE where there is lots of opportunity. Not everything is to everyone's taste in the UAE, but I think that's become part of the surprise of sending journalists, of spending a bit of time on the ground and seeing all the things that the place has to offer. Fernando, if I may, can please. I turn interviewer on you for please, one second? Please do. You've had a look through. Does it look like the Dubai or the Abu Dhabi or the Sharjah that you might have expected or, or not? I was surprised and, and, and it was very interesting for me to read this issue, Josh, because I've been to Dubai for the first time, actually, in my life. I was there on holiday for a connection and... I was pleasantly surprised. Which one? Was there a connection? Well, <laughs> it, was, it, it, was, it, was, it was a good connection, but I stayed there for about four days. Okay. okay. Uh, and actually, talking about sending Monaco editors to the ground, I mean, there were quite a few of them. Our Carlotta Rebello, Ed Stalker. Uh, so we sent quite a big team there. So it was not just kind of a my kind of four-day in Dubai thing. They stay there for over a week. So it's quite an in-depth reportage. Well, not just that. I mean, uh, mm. Chris Lord, our mm. US editor, lived in the UAE for many mm. years, uh, very deep knowledge and, and knows the place, the customs, and a bit of the background story as well. Because I think that with the UAE, so many people have moved there to start businesses mm. and do things. A bit of a snapshot over time was important to us. So we, we got Chris on the ground. I've been joking that he spent 40 days and 40 nights wandering in the desert. And he kind of did. He was there for nearly a month. As you say, Carlotta Rebello went for a week. We sent a few people from here. And then I edited the issue here from London. But my brother had lived in the UAE for 25 years as well. So I first went in 1996. Much before me, actually. So, so, so I've seen the place change. And I think, you know, crucially, our brand of media is about opportunities and it's about ideas. And I was super pleasantly surprised, you know, whether it was a sit-down interview with Sir Tim Clark, the president of Emirates Airlines, clearly a big player in the world, to these amazing local animation studios who are the only people to have Arab cartoons made and aired in the country and then exported to Japan and the US. There are just all these interesting things and it, it takes a little bit of thinking to get beyond the, the brunch and the glitzy image of the UAE, to see that there is an incredible agriculture industry. There are people pioneering sustainable farming in the desert. There are people coming up with solutions for our warming world. You know, these cities regularly hit above 40 degrees. What's the urbanism that's bringing some of the temperature down? So we saw people, you know, launching apps that connect teachers to students. We see people, you know, in the publishing industry trying to keep the Arabic language alive in, in, in a part of the world that increasingly speaks English. And there was more than enough to keep us entertained. So the intention is not that every reader gets this and goes to the UAE. It's not that we change anyone's mind particularly about the UAE. It's a case study. And I think we found so many exciting things. And I think people will find advice benchmarks, ideas, and things that they can spin off, whether they're reading in Budapest, whether they're reading in Chicago. 
this isn't for people from the Emirates. This is for people from everywhere and with a bit of an Emirates flavour as well. So something different for us as a magazine, but I'm super happy with the result. And I think it's super surprising what you get when you spend a bit of time asking questions. Absolutely. And and I have to say, it's not just UAE at the end. Uh, there was quite a fun section about the Eureka moment where we spoke to some people. I thought it was quite an interesting segment as well. Yeah, so there's a UAE special. As always, when we do nation specials, it cuts across a lot of the things that we do within that issue. But here at the front, we have a business toolkit. We know that we have readers in Australia. We know that we have readers all over the world, roughly split between the Americas, Europe and Asia. So it would have felt a little bit too completist to do the whole issue on the UAE. So there's a business toolkit at the front. And as you say, at the back, we asked, I think it's 15 entrepreneurs, what their eureka moment was. Was it, you know, gazing out of a car window, seeing something in the distance? Was it a letter that fell through the letterbox? Was it a chance conversation with their son or daughter? What was the impetus in these people's lives to quit what was usually quite a safe, quite a predictable job and move into the melee of running your own business, which, as we know, and as we don't try and sugarcoat, to be honest, in the entrepreneur's issues, it's a lot of hard work, but there's a lot of satisfaction to be derived from that hard work. And if you don't take the risk... You never know, Fernando. I agree. I agree, Josh. And finally, something that our listeners would like to know. I mean, Christmas season is approaching. What else Monaco has an offer by then? I think quite a few things. I think it's only fair that listeners know that you <laughs> tried to entrap me before the show by forcing me to mention something that you're writing for Monaco's December-January issue. But before I come to that, Fernando, there is so much we're working on here at Midori House. So... On newsstand at the minute, we obviously have the entrepreneurs, which we've spoken about today. We also have the November issue of the magazine. Mm -hmm. Before the end of the year, we are going to complete the winter issue of Confect, our sister magazine. We will also send the December-January issue to press, which includes a soft power special and a winter playlist by none other than... Who is doing that? <laughs> Fernando Augusto Bacheco. And you are in a typically diva-ish fashion, came to me and said, Josh, I will only do the playlist if I'm illustrated as Santa Claus. I mean, I think it's fair enough. So we've got a team of artists <laughs> trying to depict you there for the winter playlist. But hang on, Fernando, that's not everything, is it? What else? This week, we're sending the forecast to press, which is our look ahead at what is going to be important and shaping the world for the next six months. We have a travel magazine, The Escapist in the Offing. That's going to be the first time that comes back since 2019. We all know what happened After that, we all know where travel went, but we think an amazing moment to bring it back and to tell some really, really lovely stories to whet people's appetite for travel in the year ahead. And we're also, Fernando... Oh, my God. I know, it's the longest oh sentence gosh. ever, isn't it? We're also going to be doing a winter seasonal newspaper. So I think it's an important message for the stack. It's a little bit self-indulgent to, to talk about our own business on it because we're very much here to promote other businesses, to talk about the newsstand, to mm. talk about, you know, great, great print, whoever's making it. But for us, it's been a lucrative time. We have a loyal readership that we're extremely lucky to have. And we are still making print. We're still a profitable business. And it's looking brighter than ever. So that's such a nice thing to be able to sit at the end of 2023 and say, there's still an appetite for print. There's an appetite for the printed word. And um, you're going to be seeing a lot more of Monocle on newsstand for the rest of the year and, of course, next year. Thank you, Josh, and the entrepreneurs. And within it, a UAE business special is on newsstands right now. To Prague now. 
Page 5 is a bookstore and publisher in the Czech capital that has become a firm favorite for emerging artists and zine makers alike. This year marks a decade since they opened their doors to offer a hub for local illustrators to meet and showcase their work. Monaco's Meili Evans went along to the store in Prague to meet co-founder Frantische Kast. She began by asking how the shop started out. With my, with my friend Stepano, uh, uh, we were still both studying art schools and... I studied graphic design, he studied, he studied art, and we were like doing like some books on his projects together, and we, we both had like a passion for books, so we decided to uh, do a bookstore, because <laughs> always we went somewhere uh, abroad, we always like visited all those cool art bookstores and, and spent all our last money on books, so we, we, we said that there's like no concept of this in Prague. So that was the whole idea. But basically, I mean, that was one thing to sell books. But second, it was to give like uh, art students a space where they can have their stuff to sell, because the only place where they they could mostly sell it was like markets or pop-up stores. So that was actually like a like a space for other artists too. First of all, we wanted to have like mostly like 75% of the books would have been foreign books that you can't buy anywhere else in Czech and like a 25% of the best Czech titles. Yeah, and that was the, the, also like the main reason for, for the Czech audience or Czech, Czech readers to see like good quality books on art and architecture, illustration, and, and so on. Then we started uh, also, uh, we have like the art prints, basically from seal screen, Rizzo prints, some digital prints when, when it's photography, but it's mostly more like art prints. Yeah, so we're like, also like unique with this. We started only to sell things on paper, books and prints. Now we have like some accessories like bags or t-shirts or something. You have to just try what the people like and through the years, you know, it'll change a little bit. Talk to me about the publishing house side of things and how that goes alongside the actual physical space. Like Mm -hmm. what's the relationship between the two? We got to know like many people since the 10 years and always like someone came up and had like an idea of a book. And uh, we said, yeah, that would be cool. And we decided one day that we're going to do it by, by our own. The mostly um, important part is the, the financing. We always you know, had to like, use grants or support somewhere to do it. But we only like, f- published like, one book a year, so it's like really micro-publishing. <laughs> when there's an exhibition, we do uh, like, small zines sometimes with some artists. But mostly with others, we do just like posters, something that will that's going to be made for the ex- exhibition and that the people can buy and take home. So it's been 10 years now. Looking ahead, what are you hoping to continue or develop? I switched, like, after 10 years, I switched like, a kid for a kid. <laughs> so the bookstore was, like, really raising like a child. I was doing it, like, all the time. All, all my energy and everything went into the shop. And the brand, the brand is really big. I mean, it got... Like, thanks to the brand, I got to work on special projects, too, and, and so that was actually good. It's not just about the bookstore, it's about like, the brand, because we started, like, one of the biggest Czech illustration festivals, uh, Luster. So we started that, and we did uh, two years of Facebook, the book fair on, on zines and, like, underground uh, books. We also, like, do a lot of stuff, like, events around it, so it's not about just selling books. And I wondered if, would we be able to just do a quick walk around and you can just shout out any sort of titles? I'm just thinking for listeners who maybe want to get a sense of Czech zines or kind of what's going on on the ground here. We've got a, like, a selection of books on architecture, 
but that's more we can. Uh, yeah, let's take a look. Yeah, let's take a look. It's more focused on like some like spaces. Now we have from F Fuel Publishing some books about like mostly like Soviet architecture, like bus stops, metro stations, and brutalistic buildings and apartments. So that's like trendy now because architecture people are just looking for it now. A few years back, like more people wanted like illustrations from the, like I mean like like the Czech audience, and now it's like architecture, so it's like like in more like waves goes back and forth and also we're like more focused on like on graphic design and that's from slanted publishing every month they, they do like book like focused on like those topics like this is like focused on dubai so there's most like designers from dubai and like, like eastern countries so that's also interesting they also did like a prague version and when they did it we had like a release here in the shop and those are kind of like internationally focused, I suppose. But but what about sort of makers on the ground or designers or illustrators or zine makers? Kind of who do you think is quite interesting to look at or any examples from the wall? Okay, so that would be probably this shelf. So it's mostly made from artists like illustrators and, and they like print it themselves, like on like on Rezos or they or they contact somebody that has a Rezo and and do and do and and print it for them. So that's quite like a also like a trendy thing. And because the te the print technology is much cheaper today because all, all the machines are getting older and and like people buy them and and, and have their own presses. And so there's like a big selection because when like like Rezo started, I got a machine 2014 and there was only like one friend of mine that was doing Rezo in Prague and now there's like six studios. <laughs> I think it's probably more than in Berlin. <laughs> so, so they got a lot of jobs, yeah. There, there's p plenty of Czech uh, publishers that do very nice books. Yeah, I mean, they don't like uh, overtake other books from, from abroad, but they make their own and they're really nice, yeah. And there's this publisher called Raketa, or, or Labyrinth slash Raketa, and they do nice books for kids how to interact or how to learn about art. So that's, that's very nice. Yeah. I can show you that. Yeah, later. Yeah. Yeah. We still have it, yeah. <laughs> nice. So you were mentioning there about the, the, the Rhizo print. Do you find that sort of the independent makers are doing more of that or they like something about the old school technology? It was about the technique because you can use it like for, for like full colored prints. Of course, but but it's mostly used by illustrators, and then now it's now they like got got, got a hang of it. And now they're doing like photography too. They use like three color prints that look like four color prints, like the CMYK, like a fake CMYK. They're like more playing with it and experimenting with it. But 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 some people you wanted to do it because it's cheaper than regular print. But but nowadays I think it's. Uh, the same price like like digital <laughs> because they know they have something like unique and if you want it you pay for it i just want to head over to these prints over here how important is it to have this offering so not only the books and the zines but to have a space for prints for people to offer their artwork and mm -hmm. for people to be able to buy it here in a physical space well, when we started that a lot of people that like from the students from the art schools they did mostly like prints like they started with prints then they did scenes and then they ended up doing books i also did my own and my colleague did too and we think that like a poster is also like a like nice thing to buy if you if you don't choose a book we also learned that a lot of people come here to buy presents and 
when when they can decide what what to buy, what, what book they should choose you can all, always get a print these are mostly like, like runs you know from 10 to 50 copies mostly some, i think 90% are silk screen prints and that's it for this week's show my thanks to our editor jack jewers if you have any comments or queries email me at fpandmonaco.com. We're back next Saturday, and meanwhile, subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Before we go, a little song for you. William Onyabor with Fantastic Man. You've been listening to The Stack. I'm Fernando Augusto Pacheco. Until next time, it's goodbye from me. Tell me, tell me, tell me.